0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor: A. Amen. I thought my scream was not as loud as for Jonathan. Yeah. I thought he was to be the speaker today. yeah Yeah, yeah. I, I'm also wondering why he's sitting there, you know? Uh, yeah Some of you will know the reason, huh? So, uh, who says women are the weaker sex, you know? Yeah, Uh, she's (laughs) clapping. The power of attraction. Uh, I want to thank Pastor Ben and the pastoral team for allowing me this privilege to come and minister to you. And I believe God is going to bless us. Uh, bless you as you hear the word, bless me as I share it as well, because the word of God is not just for the listener, but for the preacher as well, it's God's word, and he's here to encourage us and to build us up. And uh, before I continue, I want to share a video testimony of myself, uh, one brother did commented uh four years ago, actually, four years ago, 23rd March 2015, I was here preaching, and today is 24th March 2019, almost exactly four years ago. So I do not know Pastor Benjamin is that, uh, uh, you know, sharp to choose an anniversary date for me, you know, I'm not sure, (laughs) Uh, but... uh, one of you commented to me that uh, you you heard a little bit about my testimony and so now i put it into a short video i hope you'll be encouraged as you as you watch this video it's really not my testimony it is actually god's testimony it is it is the testimony of his love of his power of his grace will you watch and i pray you be blessed There was a time in my life that I thought I would never have a future. I thought I'd mess up big time and that there's not going to be another chance for me. At that time, I never thought my life would ever be normal again. My name is Michael Yu and I'm originally from Batu Pahat. I come from a middle-income family and I am the youngest among my siblings. Before I became a Christian, I was a hardcore heroin addict for 12 years. Because of my habit, I ended up in prison twice. But today, I am free from an addiction. And I'm now serving as a pastor of a church in Johor Baru. I did not immediately become a drug addict, nor did I intend to be one. I started out smoking cigarettes when I was 13 years old. I thought it was cool to do that at that age. I was a rebellious young boy looking for fun and thrills. Normal games like football, badminton did not attract me. I would prefer fighting, gangs, gambling. But of course after a while I got bored with this and I started to experiment with ganja and by the time I was 16 I was chasing the dragon which was a way to smoke heroin. Of course, at the end, it was the dragon that got to me. Getting involved with drugs was not really surprising for me because I was into hard rock music and the hippie culture at that time. Songs that attracted me were Stairways to Heaven, Smoke on Water. And these are all songs talking about drugs. And on top of that, drugs were easily accessible to me because of the company I kept. It reached a point where I spent about two hundred ringgit per day to feed my habit, and that was a lot of money in the seventies and eighties. I had to resort to many unethical means to support my expensive habit. Of course, the price I paid was not only in financial terms. Even though I was considered a bright student, I lost the opportunity to have a proper education because i did not want to be cut off from my drug supply i eventually lost the trust of my family and even the respect of my friends heroin was my life not relationships and as time progressed i even lost confidence in myself i attempted to kick the habit many times many ways and i experimented with replacement therapy i tried acupuncture I went to the temple mediums. I self-exult myself in Singapore. But I could not stay long away from heroin. I felt hopeless. No matter how hard I tried, I failed in my every attempt to kick the habit. Outwardly I looked fine. I could still hold a career. But deep in my heart, I hated the person I had become. In 1985, things got so bad. I had to leave my contracting business in Singapore. And I came back to Malaysia. I subsequently became more involved in drugs. And in 1986, I was caught and put in prison for drug possession. And it was the worst feeling in my life, a root awakening of sorts. You know, there is a Malay proverb that says no matter how smart the squirrel thinks it is in jumping, you will fall to the ground one day as well. Well, I felt exactly like that squirrel. I always thought that I would not be caught by the police, but at the end, I was. Though I put up a strong face in front of everyone, but inside me I gave up on life. I felt that this was as bad as it could go a prisoner and from now on this would be my life and my future in my mind back then by going to prison i had graduated to be a full-fledged criminal i resigned from every thought of changing for the better while in prison i started planning and establishing a network for a life of serious crime upon my release and as if that was not bad enough, one day my father, my late father, came to see me in prison. I hoped he would, but I did not expect it. My father was a school headmaster. He was a respectable man in the community. And I, his wayward son, the black sheep of the family, was a great disappointment to him. I had brought shame by being the one in the family to go to prison. In spite of this, my father came to visit me. I saw my father's love for me that day. And it broke my heart when I realised how much pain I had caused him. But my father's love could not change me. I persisted in my self-destructive habit. One day as God would have it when I was caught the second time while waiting for my court hearing in a jail cell in Batu Pahat a fellow prisoner talked to me about Jesus Christ He saw me cringing in pain at the corner of the cell because I was having heroin withdrawal symptoms He shared how Jesus helped addicts like me change and become better people he even quoted some examples of people that I knew and now living a life free from drugs. And then he shared with me a scripture from the Bible, Matthew 6:33. But seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. He told me I could be free from drug addiction only if I was willing to believe in God and make him the top priority in my life though what he said gave me an unexpected glimmer of hope i was a bit skeptical in the beginning i was thinking if that was the case then why was he still in prison with me but i was desperate and in pain and so i asked him to pray for me and after he prayed for me i lay down on the prison floor to rest and surprisingly I slept peacefully throughout the night. When I woke up the next morning, all my painful withdrawal symptoms had left. I was so relieved that the pain was no longer there. I was impressed that just a simple prayer to Jesus can help me in such a manner. And this was my first encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. It was a turning point for me. Because the experience opened my heart to Christianity and to the Christian God. Before this, I was absolutely against Christianity. I felt it was a western religion and Christians were people who had betrayed their Asian culture. I always had the impression that Christians were weak and unrealistic people. They just sang songs and they listened to sermons and that was all they did. But after the prison cell experience and a few more miraculous encounters with the Lord Jesus Christ, I knew he was real. I finally gave my life to God in a Christian drug rehabilitation center in Batu Pahat. I am very grateful for the support that I got from the Christian drug rehabilitation center that I went to after I was released from prison. The leader and the staff of the center, they were ex-addicts themselves. And they were exemplary in their love, their service, their sacrifice. I remember there was once the center leader had to use his own personal money uh, that he allocated for his baby's milk powder just to buy food for us because funds were running low in the center. And that was another eye opener for me as to what Christian love was all about. The leader and the staff they patiently taught, encouraged, counselled, prayed for me throughout my eighteen months with them. And because of that, I was further motivated and inspired to change. At the end of my residential program, I was connected to a local church in Malacca, where I continued to receive emotional support and spiritual guidance. And it was this church that recognized my call to full-time ministry, and supported me in my studies in Bible school in Petaling Jaya. One of the most important changes I noticed about myself after becoming a Christian is that I now have a strong sense of purpose in my life. I find it extremely meaningful and fulfilling to do what I'm doing today, serving God and serving others to the best of my ability. Before I became a Christian, I was lost. I don't have a direction for my life. I was just living each day for itself. But now I have a reason to get up of bed each day. I have never expected to be where I am today, as I said earlier. Once i could not complete my studies but now i have two degrees a bachelor of theology and a master's degree in counseling once i was a lonely rejected wanderer but now god has blessed me with a very supportive family of my own once i had brought lots of harm to society through peddling drugs but now i'm back in the city I was before doing what I can to help the poor, the needy. Once I was a despised prisoner, but now I am a pastor leading, guiding and encouraging others with the one message that when you have Jesus in your life, there is always hope, there's always grace. I am just very thankful to God. That I'm able to make it this far. Living a life free from drug dependency. Miraculously, I do not have any craving for heroin or even cigarettes for that matter. If I am to describe my days as an addict, I would say it was hell on earth. The fears, the failures, the bondage. But today, I praise the Lord, by the grace of God, I am free from all this. I don't have to worry where to get the money for my next fix. I don't have to be afraid of getting caught by police. I'm now confident in what I set out to do because I'm no longer distracted or hindered by any addiction to drugs. I can now choose to live a useful life, to be a blessing, not a burden to others. Life still has its challenges, but I think if my father was here today, he would be very proud that I'm still pressing on with my new life. There are three things that I've learned from life that I hold dearly to. Number 1 is no matter how bad the situation is, there's always hope in Jesus. The end of man is the beginning of God, someone says. If you are in some kind of trouble that you feel you can't get out of, I would say don't give up yet. Exercise some faith. Cry out to Jesus. You'll be amazed at what He can do for you. Number two, God is never ashamed of us. He draws us to Himself with His love. Our journey towards inner healing begins when we realize that God Accepts us as we are. If for some reason you feel condemned about yourself because of your past, open your heart and allow God's unconditional love to heal you. Number three, God's grace is always sufficient for us. No matter how far we think we have traveled in life, if we care enough to admit it, we are still humans, imperfect. And weak in our own ways, and that's okay, because that's where the undeserved favor or the grace of God comes in to your life. If you are a Christian, don't allow tiredness, discouragement, insecurity stop you. Pray for God's strength. Look at the bigger picture. Believe in providence. Whatever your strengths and limitations, God will accomplish His purpose through your life. He will transform even your mistakes to masterpieces. Amen. Let's give glory to God. Amen, amen. I pray. Uh, the, test, the video has encouraged you. <clears throat> if there's one take-home lesson from here, is that if, if God can use, uh, I thought I lo- I like my Rod Stewart voice. Yeah, <clears throat> okay, anyway. Rod Stewart, Bonnie Tyler, whatever. <clears throat> Excuse me. Amen. <clears throat> I think. Water can help redeem. Really. Right. Yeah. Um, if there's one thing that you can take home is that if God can use someone like me, if God can restore someone like me, if God can love someone like me, that there's no one in this world that God cannot love, cannot restore, cannot redeem, cannot use for His glory. Can you hear Amen from God's people? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Today, I I want to um, share with you uh, this message uh, entitled, uh, Going Forward into the New Year. And uh, since this is March, it's still quite uh, in the beginning of the year, I pray that uh, sharing this will prepare you for what God is going to do in your life and through your life. It is my faith and my belief that God is going to use everyone in this room in a greater measure this year. It is my faith that God wants to use Agape Church to make a greater impact in this community and beyond. Can you hear amen from God's people? Amen. Amen, amen. The, the, the later part of the year will be even greater than the beginning of this year. You guys are doing a great work, but greater things are in store for you. Can you amen from God's people? Amen. Say me, greater things. Yeah, so it's not just about doing great things. It is expecting from God greater things to come. Amen. So uh, going forward into the new year. And uh, of course, it is not just talking about... Uh, what we can do for God or accomplish for God about just ministry success when you're talking about going forward I'm also thinking about our growth in Him our so-called character development in the Lord how the Lord is molding us as a person so how do we move from where we are to where God wants us to be in terms of ministry and in terms of us as a person and uh, uh, as we begin the new year, are we getting better at it as a Christian? You know, uh, there was this story that I read about this grandfather putting uh, his grandchild to sleep. And uh, as, the, as she was making he was making up the bed and putting the, the girl to sleep, the girl was playing with the grandpa's a wrinkled face, and was touching, and said, uh, "Grandpa, um, did God make you?" And the grandpa said, "Yes, God made me long time ago." Then she, as after she touched the grandpa's face, she feels her own face, which is of course much smoother. Then she asked grandpa, he says, grandpa." Uh, did God make me? Then Grandpa says, Yes, of course, God made you. God made you a little while ago. Then she touched herself, she touched the Grandpa. Say, it seems that God is now doing a better work, right, Grandpa? Yeah. So, are we getting better at it as a Christian? Um, someone put it this way, Growing old is mandatory. Uh, but growing up is optional. Uh, so the question is, do we just want to grow old without growing up? All right? So as I said earlier in the service, please don't look at the senior citizens like me. Uh, we know what we want to do. We want to grow up. Yeah. So as Christians, we can expect uh, to make progress in our spiritual journey. Say me, progress. Yeah, we want to make progress. We are expected to make progress. The scripture says the righteous, meaning you and me, righteous in Christ, will flourish. Say me flourish. Will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. So, not just to be planted there, but to flourish as well. And also, Proverbs says the path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn and like the dawn, it says you will shine ever brighter till the full light of day. So it is not just being a light, it is shining brighter as the light. So it is not us just shining with our testimony, We are expected and called and destined by God to shine even brighter for Him. That means even today, you are a great testimony. God is going to use you to be even a greater testimony. Can you hear amen from God's people? Even you are used by God mightily today... Greatly by God today, I want to affirm to you, I want to declare by faith to you that God will use you even in a greater measure. You are not just only shine for Christ, you'll shine brighter for Christ. Can I hear an amen from God's people? Amen. And going forward, Ephesians 4, Paul says, you speak the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head. That is Christ. And Peter says, and grow, not just know about God, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. Christ. So it's obvious from scripture that God doesn't want us to be stagnant where we are. He doesn't want us to be just where we are. He wants us to move on and not just move on. He wants us to grow. He wants us to be developed as a Christian. He wants us to prosper. He wants us to shine even brighter for Him. So this is God's will for us. Say me, this is God's will for us this is god's will for you this is god's will for me so in other words as we move along this year we can safely say that God's plan for you and me is that by the end of this year, by December, we will have moved from point one to point two, if not to point three. We will have developed in some little way or in some great measure, God is moving us on. I'm going to believe that for you, for Agape Church, for myself, for churches praise, and for churches all over the world. Can you hear amen from God's people? God will build his kingdom and the gates of hell will not prosper against it. His plans for us are never to harm us but to prosper us and it will come to pass. The greater expression of God's plan. And uh, I remember this David Livingstone. Some of you will know him and he is a medical missionary, a Rex to Richard story, a scientific. Investigator, he's an explorer, he's an anti-slavery crusader, he's an advocate of commercial expansion. Obviously, a great man, obviously, a man of many accomplishments. We will say that he's a man of great success, someone that we'll look up to, and we will probably wonder what is it about him that ha- makes him such a super achiever. Well, one of the statements that he make. Probably give us an idea of what kind of a man he is. He says this, he says, I will go anywhere provided it be forward. Say me forward. And I pray today that we catch, we, we may not be as great as him, we may not be a scientific explorer, we may not be a great scientist, a well known, we may not be as famous as him, but I pray we will catch this spirit. That we will always have in us, within us, a desire to move on and to grow in the Lord. That we have in us an an aspiration not to remain where we are, but we want to progress in our walk with God, whether in a personal context or in the church or in ministry, in everywhere. We want to grow. Say, me, we want to grow. I think as we start off this year, this is a very important thing. I believe for all of us, if we want to see progress in our life, we must want progress. If we want to see progress in our life, we must want progress. So, how do we move forward in this year? The question is this How do we move? How do we move from where? We are to where God wants us to be in this year 2019. And perhaps these principles are also applicable for 2020, 2021 and the rest of our life. Today, I want to take some lessons from Joshua chapter 1, the commission of uh, Joshua. And uh, maybe let us read together. Uh, The verses here Okay Can we read this together One, two, three After the death of Moses The servant of the Lord The Lord said to Joshua Son of Nun Moses ate Moses my servant is dead now then, you and all these people, you get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the great sea on the west. No one, no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you, nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I saw to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I I not commanded you, be strong, encourage us, do not be terrified, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Three things we can learn from here. One is that if we are going to move forward, if we are going to move forward this year, if we are going to move from where we are, where God wants us to be, the first thing, the first thing is to accept God's challenge. Say me God's challenge. We are to accept what God has called us to do. So as Joshua, He took up that challenge when God said, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land. Biblical history told us that he obeyed. He took up this challenge and he went. So the first thing, the first thing is that we must be ready to take up the challenges that God has placed in our life. We must be ready to hear the word of God, what God is saying to you, saying to me, what we need to do in 2019 and we must be ready when the time is right, God says go, we must be ready to go every one of us have a Jordan this year to cross every one of you here have a Jordan to cross this year and God will be speaking to you what is your Jordan only you will know and God will speak to your heart. And the challenge for you today, if I that's a challenge that I want to put into your heart, is to rise up. If you, as you hear this sermon and the Jordan that comes to you, it comes in the form of a ministry, it comes in the form of an action, it comes in the form of giving up and habit, it comes in forms of anything that God you know that it comes from God, rise up and cross that river Jordan. God wants you to accept that challenge. What does it mean to accept God's challenge? Some of us, we are afraid. We are afraid to accept God's challenge and it's natural. Because challenge, as his name implies, is not meant to be easy. If it is easy, it's no longer a challenge. We need to trust God in untamed situations. When when I'm talking about you crossing your Jordan this year, I'm not saying that it's going to be easy for you. I'm not saying that it's going to be smooth for you. Your Jordan may be like what the Jordan at that time. It is a Jordan that is at flood stage. It is wild waters. It is filled to the brim. And crossing it is dangerous. Crossing it is risky. And today, maybe I want to tell you Yes, we, we, we must be excited We must be excited I must be excited What God wants to do in my life And through my life in 2019 But I must also realize and remember That there will be risks involved That there will be challenges involved That there will be trials That there will be testing That it's not going to be a smooth journey And I must be ready for that And I must also have this understanding Just because something is difficult It doesn't mean that this thing is no good for me Just because it is going to be challenging Just because it's going to be an untamed, a wild situation for me That I'm going to get out of control That I'll probably be, be, be lost and do not know what next to do Just because I can be in that situation Doesn't mean going this direction will be bad for me because the Bible says clearly that suffering produces character. If there's anything, the difficult things that when we go through for God, when we are obedient for Him, and I think some of you here are going to that because of your obedience to God, you are in a kind of difficulty. It is, it is a blessing to you in disguise, in this sense. You see, um, There's a statement that I make here that emergencies have always been necessary to progress. Some of the things that we see happening in this world, some of the good things that we see happening and we are enjoying in this world, it came because of some difficulty. It was the darkness which produces the lamp. It is the fog that produces the compass. And it was sickness that drove science to find a cure. And similarly, in the Christian world, I would dare say that it was persecution that drove the early church to expand beyond Jerusalem. And it is also hardships that produce a battle-hardened Apostle Paul. So I would say, I would say do not be afraid of difficulties. Do not be afraid of suffering. God uses that for His glory and for our benefit. Cross the Jordan, but be prepared for the challenges that it brings. The other thing, when we talk about crossing and accepting God's challenge, it means a willingness to trust God in unknown territories. So whether it's untamed or it's unknown, we are expected to trust God. My challenge to you, I'm challenging you not by telling you, painting you that when you obey God, everything is going to be a bed of roses. I'm not saying that today. I'm challenging some of you today that there will be challenges, there will be untamed situations, there will be unknown situations, but you are to trust God. In that. If you want to move forward, you are to accept God's challenges by trusting Him. That's the whole idea. It is not about coming to God and saying, Lord, I I want to grow, I want what you want me to, what you want to have to offer me, I want all of it, uh, but I want a smooth journey. I, I want to know everything first. No. This is not accepting God's challenge. When Joshua was challenged to cross over, he was challenged to cross over at the worst time of Israel at that time because it was monsoon season and the rivers were running and overflowing and that was the time, God says, this is the time you cross. And so to accept God's challenge for some of us today Please remember that. William Booth, it came to mind, this testimony. William Booth is a British preacher and founder of Salvation Army. I'm sure many of you know Salvation Army. They set up the soup, soap and salvation approach whereby drug addicts, prostitutes, drunkards, the poor, they were given food. In the form of soup And then after that They were given a place To bathe To be clean Before he starts To preach the gospel To them In other words His approach was to meet The physical needs Of the individual Before he talks about The spiritual needs And in 2002 He was named among The 100 greatest Britons In the BBC poll. And again I want you to capture The spirit of this man What makes this man Such a great impact In his community What makes this man to become a man That can influence The approaches of Social work Among churches And in the church Of Jesus Christ He is a man But used mightily By God And why is he Used mightily by God I believe Because of that Faith in him Because of that Ability To trust God And willingness To trust God In all situations This is what he says When one day At, at the age of about 80 plus His son came To tell him And told him That you are going blind You may need to step back in your ministry because you are going blind. You know, any one of us, 80 plus, going blind, I think very good reason to step back from ministry. But what this man says at 80 plus, going blind, he says, God must know best. I have done what I could for God and the people with my eyes, means with his eyesight. But he said, now I shall do what I can for God and the people without my eyes. That's the kind of man That's the kind of man God uses. Allowing nothing to hinder him. I pray today all of us will rise up and will not allow little things to hinder us or even major things to hinder us what God wants us to do. We must accept God's challenge. God is challenging you today. Some of you here, God is speaking clearly to you. What you are supposed to do this year 2019 for your church, for your ministry, for your family, for your own life. God is speaking clearly to you. But you are looking. You are looking at the hindrances. You are looking at the limitations. And you are saying, no, I can't do it because I am like this. I am like that. Remember William Booth. Eyesight doesn't stop him from giving his best to God. Let us not allow anything to stop us from giving our best to God. Can you hear amen from God's people? Let's give our best to God, period. No condition, we will give our best to God. Whether I can see or cannot see, I'll still give my best to God. Whether I can walk or cannot walk, I'll still give my best to God. Whether I can talk or cannot talk, I'll still give my best to God. Whether I can preach or cannot preach, I'll still give my best to God. Whether I can sing or cannot sing, I'll still give my best to God. I will give my best to God. We will give our best to God. That is what accepting God's challenge is all about. When we have such an attitude, you can be assured by the end of this year, you will see how you have travelled and how God has used you mightily and will continue to use you mightily in the years to come. I like this quote, uh, Behold the turtle, he makes progress only when he sticks his necks out. I pray we will be bold people. Say me, we will be bold. We will be bold, we will be courageous, we will dare to take risks. Faith is about taking risks. Faith is not about looking at the clouds, good weather, then only plant seeds, the scripture says. Even you do not know what weather is coming, you are so in faith that God will cause the seed to grow. So is there something, as I conclude this morning, is there something... That the Holy Spirit is prompting you to do in 2019. May I encourage you to get in touch? Get in touch with the Holy Spirit who is speaking to you, to your spirit. It may be something that you think is foolish, it is something that is different, it is something that you, you dare not even imagine or dare not even say. It's fine. Keep it in your heart, but obey the Holy Spirit. Perhaps it's a challenge from God today. And God is saying to you, accept my challenge. Get ready. This is your Jordan. And I want you to cross this Jordan this year. The second thing that I think we need to consider will be, it seems like it's jammed. Okay, sorry. Let me get it back, yeah. Huh? so this is my River Jordan okay (laughs) the second thing besides accepting um, God's challenge is to trust in God's commitment and by that uh, I mean in God's promise to be with us his presence he says as I was with Moses so I will be with you so God is committing his presence he's committing himself to what you want to do. So even as you you, um, accept God's challenge this year for yourself, you just remember you're not going in alone. God is with you. He's not saying I'm throwing this to you and then I'm busy, I'm going elsewhere, you handle, I have empowered you, I have tai chi to you, so now you take the rest and I'm going off somewhere, I got other things to do. No, God says I ask you to do, I ask you to cross the Jordan, but you are not crossing the Jordan alone, I am with you. He is with us. He is with us in our Jordan crossings. God is with us in our Jordan crossing. I think like like cannot move. Ready, huh? <laughs> okay. Now, what does it mean? All right. So, number one, it promised uh, it entails trusting in the promise of God's powerful presence. Uh, the Lord says, "No one will be able to stand up against you." You know that's His power, and also trusting in the promise. Of the next slide, uh, personal presence. I will be with you. God says, I will be with you. He's also trusting in the uh, promise of God's permanent presence. He's not just with you personally. Every one of us is assured of the presence of God when we are ready to cross the Jordan. And God is with us, but not just with us personally he is with us permanently and i think that's very important because there are some of us here sometimes we being human when we when we are going through our present circumstances we forget how faithful god was with us in the past and i want you to know i want to remind some of you here today you are discouraged by your situation today Please remember how God was faithful to you in your past And just as he was faithful to you in your past He will be faithful to see you through what you are going through today Permanent presence of God He's not to be here yesterday, today disappear, tomorrow come back, day after disappear No, that's not your God He's revealed past, present, future And he will see you through he will see you through. Say me, God will see me through. See Amen. Blessings come to those who has the presence of God with them, powerfully, personally, permanently. And uh, three examples I pick up from the Bible. There are many, and of course, one of them is Abraham, and the presence of God was so strong with him. The favor of God was so strong with him that even he became a testimony to the people around him, they were able to recognize, they were able to see that God is with you in everything you do. And I want to say prophetically to some of you here, people from the world, pre-believers will come to you and one day because of your faith, because they know that you are a committed Christian, they will say to you, indeed God is with you in everything you do. And you will be a great testimony for the Lord in the working place and in the marketplace. Can you hear amen from God's people? Second example is Gideon. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? And and Gideon, we know the context where God had to reduce the number of soldiers that he himself picked up and selected and wanted to have. He thought that winning this war, winning this war, he need this number of soldiers. But God cut it off, cut it off, reduce, reduce, reduce. Why? Because God wants him to know when that victory comes, it is not because of the soldiers. It is not because... Of Gideon's planning. I'm not saying planning is not important, but God doesn't want us to depend on that and give glory to that. And that's why He removed and He just wants Him to know the Lord is with you. Am I not sending you? Why are you so afraid? Need to recruit so many soldiers? Maybe God is saying to some of us here today. You are frantic, you are anxious you, you want You want to do something for the Lord But you have a lot of requirements And you are getting anxious About getting this recruitment Maybe this is the season The Lord is not giving you the recruitment The Lord is reducing what you are planning Why? Maybe because He wants you to know That in the success of your ministry That it is Him alone, His presence alone That is going to bring you that success because God wants the glory for himself. So let's not fight God. Say me, let us not fight God. Let us not fight God. Let's just flow along with him if he say, no, less soldiers, less soldiers, less money for your ministry, the budget. Pastor Benjamin said, this year cut your budget, huh? Yeah, no, I'm just joking. Huh? No. Agape very rich will increase your budget every year you just need to have your vision big enough it. yeah yeah don't worry money is never an issue Jeremiah he says uh, God told him I will make you a wall to these people a fortified wall of bronze they will fight against you but will not overcome you for I am with you to rescue and to save you there was this assurance for Jeremiah, that gave him that courage to speak what people don't like to hear. So I'm saying maybe there are some of you here, God is putting in your heart to say and do some things that you know people will not like. But maybe today God is reminding you that His presence is with you. You just have to make sure. You just have to make sure what you are going to say, what you are going to do is from the Lord. Once you are sure of that, Go ahead, say me. Go ahead, just do it. God is with you. But make sure, pray, make sure that it's from the Lord and you do it and do it in the confidence of the Lord. Are you holding on to the promise that God's powerful, personal, and permanent presence is with you? Third thing that I want to highlight from this passage as far as going forward in the lord is concerned as far as conquering the land the promised land that god has given us is to follow god's command say me god's command this this is what was said to joshua the lord says among other things Besides asking them to, him to get ready to cross the Jordan, besides assuring him that I will be with you, the Lord says, look at my words, look at my commandments, and be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Coming back to his instruction, coming back to this revealed will in the word of God. And what does it mean to follow God's commandment? Two things I want to point out. One, you have to follow God's commandment or God's guidance completely. Be careful to obey all the law. Say me all. We are not just to obey partially, we are not just to obey the parts that we like to see, and the parts that we don't like, we just flip it off and turn the pages. No. If we want to move forward, we must be willing to allow the Word of God to transform us. That's why people say we don't let the Word of God, we don't read the Word of God, we let the Word of God read us. We let the Word of God transform us. He has. He must have that authority completely. And again, this testimony about Adoniram Judson, he is one of the first protestant missionary to Burma, made a great impact, translated the Bible to the Burmese language, and by the time of his death, he single-handedly planted 100 churches and had. Over 8,000 believers in Burma at his time. And if they put it together, it's obviously a mega church of his time. He literally started a denomination single handedly. And what made this man go to Burma at his time when no one wanted to go to Burma? He was the first one of the first protestant missionaries. And why did he go? Because simply, it was just because God told him to go. And someone asked him why this was what he said. He says, in fact, this was what his replied to his family. Because... His sisters and family was very happy that he graduated from Bible school. They didn't want him to go overseas. They told him to pastor a church. In fact, they had an opening in a church in Boston for him to pastor after he graduated from uh, Bible school. But the Lord called him to Burma. And this is what he says. He says, my work is not here. God is calling me beyond the seas to stay here even to serve God in his ministry i feel i would only be partial obedience and i could not be happy in that so it's a, it, to him to him is more than more than just serving god it is about obedience it's about total obedience maybe god is saying to some of us here yes you are serving god yes you are obeying god but only partially, yet the spirit of God is stirring your hearts towards something, but you are neglecting it. Today, maybe God is telling you, this, the area that you are neglecting, the area that you are refusing to look at, honestly, is the area God says today, look at it, I want you to deal with it, I want you to not just obey me, partially, I want you to obey me completely. All that I'm leading you to do, Do it. All I'm asking you to do, do it. And we are to do it consistently. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left. The instructions were given to Joshua. And Billy Billy Sunday, also another uh, very well-known evangelist at his time. And... Over the course of his career, he was said to preach to more than 1.25 million people, and without the radio, without the television, without the internet, that is that is a formidable feat for a man at his time, and uh, what. Someone asked him What was his secret what, what drives him What drives him What gave him that energy To continue to preach the gospel And it is to him It, it sums up in one word It is consistency This is what he tells the person He said he had three simple rules in life He says he take 15 minutes each day Say me each day It's not every other day, but each day. He took 15 minutes each day to listen to God talking to you. He said, take 15 minutes each day to talk to God. And he says, take 15 minutes each day to talk to others about God. So it was about consistency. He was was committed. He was committed to this so-called mantra for himself that he will always talk to God for 15 minutes he will always allow God to speak to him for 15 minutes each day and he will talk to people about God for 15 minutes each day every day of his life consistently consistently he was in communion with God consistently he was interceding for people consistently he was preaching the word of God and that made him the man he was I'm going to believe God that there are many Billy Sundays in this church, in Agape Community Church. Can you hear amen from God's people? When you are consistent, you are going to impact lives for Jesus Christ in a measure that you never dare imagine. I believe that. I believe when all of us here, we are consistently walking close with God, we are consistently prayerful, we are consistently concerned about how we can reach out to people for Jesus Christ, we're going to make a great impact for Jesus Christ. Can you hear amen from God's people? This morning, the first service, Pastor Ann was sharing about a friend, uh, a Someone who supply bread, is it? or you buy bread from, you know. It's all very, very dangerous to sell things to Christians. You sell bread, you become a Christian later on. <laughs> now, we better be dangerous people. Amen? Amen. Let's be dangerous for God. Say me, dangerous for God. Yes. Let the world know that we are dangerous for them. And, and, and we, we have to be consistent. We have to be consistent, and, and, and that lady is a pre-believer, but today, the first time she came for service. Yeah, you sell bread to a pastor, the pastor sells you the bread of life. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. So I'm going to believe God. Many pastor ends here in this church. Going to believe God for that. All of us will do our part gonna see agape the services all filled up all of up all filled up. so are you ready to follow his leading let me close even as I close I am I, closing with uh, a testimony two quotations first quotations by a.w. tozer uh, this is a quotation that influenced my life a lot even as a pastor uh, he says this he says, god is looking for people through whom he can do the impossible what a pity that we plan only the things that we can do by ourselves uh, and, and i i'm a pastor and i'm a person who likes planning who likes scheduling you know i plan my speakers your your pastor was always amazed he said wow one year ahead you know one year already this whole year all my speakers are planned already uh, I you, the reason I plan is not because I'm a good planner. It's just that I want to be relieved of the stress every time last minute where to find speaker. Right? So I plan. Um, but this, this speaks to me. It, 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 we, we need to dare to do things and trust God to do things beyond our planning. Because our planning maybe can achieve what man can do. But when we, when we take actions, decisions, make in faith, we get to see what God can do. When we dare to believe in the impossible, what you think cannot be done, it can be done. Just like my life was a testimony of God's power. People in the world out there say leopard cannot change its spots. Drug addicts cannot change one. Forget, don't waste your time. I pray by the grace of God, I will finish my journey and I'll carry the banner of Jesus Christ high. And, and, and I want you to dare to believe God for the impossible. What you think is impossible for God, it is not. All things are possible with God. And, and, and I challenge you. I challenge you. Today, this message is about stretching your faith. Say, me, stretching. I, I, I'm challenging you to stretch. I'm not saying that you're not doing well enough. You're doing good. You're doing well. But today, this message is not about doing good. It's about doing well. It's doing greater things for God. It's believing for greater things for God. It's not just doing what we can do, but to do the impossible. Let me share with you an experience that I had recently, and uh, it, it is it is considered my Jordan, something that the Lord asked me to get ready to cross. I was invited to uh, share in a school in Singapore, Sengkang Primary School. Um, I do not know why they asked me. Uh, Maybe they knew about my background, but somehow the door was open to me. And last year, one of the teachers approached me. He says, "Uh, Pastor, would you mind coming to come to our school to give an anti-drug talk? And uh, as, as I said, being pastor, uh, I will always say yes before I think. I will say okay, okay, can, can, can. You know, uh, that is like in our vocabulary. Can, can, can. You know, uh, so we always have to train ourselves how to say no. So I didn't know. I, I I didn't put that practice, put that into practice. So I said yes, can. After I said yes, then I I, I start to start to wonder why did I say yes. Because when I go back, I start thinking, hey, I'm going to talk to not, not secondary school, primary school, standard four to standard six, you know. And my goodness, I am, I am a pastor, pastoring adult congregations, even children ministry, I very seldom step inside. I step only from behind. I clap. I dare not to be standing up there. I think the children see me. They will go wild. I will not know how to control them. That's why you see John. He has to sit over there. I can't even control my own son. How to control children, you know? Uh, So, (laughs) anyway, it was stress for me to go to give this talk. You know, then I was thinking, oh, why? Oh, why? Oh, why? Then... uh, one week before I have to go to the school One pastor came I was still struggling, still preparing I don't know I, I have no confidence in what I'm going to say I am worried These kids, I don't know I can get their attention or not I, I'm, I'm not sure I can do it It's been more than 10 years I've been giving anti-drug talks And then talking to children I am I, out of touch These this days, the drugs are different from my days And how I'm going to connect to these people You know uh, you know, drugs also change one. You know, yeah. So, different kind of drugs. You know, they, uh, so I was struggling, and then a week before, just before, just before my my talk, uh, one of the pastors uh, preached a sermon um, on on King Joash on on you know um, on the arrow on, on King Joash coming to Elisha asking for help, and Elisha uh asked the king guided the king said open the east window and then you just shoot the arrow you know and and it came to me the message that came across to me was that you know you you don't ask god why east window you know and you don't ask god why shoot the arrow through a window and then you're going to win a war you don't ask why you just obey you know you don't ask god why North, not north window, why not south window? Why not west window? Why east window? Huh? Uh, there, there, there's no explanation. You just have to do. And, and it may not make sense, but you're supposed to do it. And and and, and when 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 Joash, King Joash shot that arrow, uh Elisha declared victory for the Israel. I mean, he says you will win the victory. And and that, that spoke to my heart. And I told myself, okay this will be my east window this primary school is my east window this top at the primary school will be my east window i will i will give my best and and we remember um uh edwin McManus' message of striking the arrow uh, last arrow you know you don't just strike three times you're supposed to strike five or six times or until all the arrows end and I say I'm going there. I'm going to strike my arrow. This will be my east window. I'm going there. I'm going to strike my arrow. I'm going to give my best. And so I went there. More than 600 uh, students there. And I went there. I just give my best shot. I shot my arrows and I whack my arrows. Everything I do, uh, until I got so excited, you know. The teacher actually told me, "Pastor, I know you are a pastor, huh, but uh, you cannot talk about Jesus Christ. This is an anti-drug talk. Huh? Not 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 an evangelistic event. Ah, huh? so something along that line. So very very cautious. So ask me to send all the slides, and we need to see your slides first, you know. So all these things. So there was a lot of pressure, but I went there. When I was striking the arrow, I just tried So a lot of hallelujahs coming out, a lot of amens coming out, and I just hallelujah and amen all the way until we finish. Short of calling for an altar call for salvation, I just do it lah. You know? and then after that, uh, I was after all the all the passion gone, already come back, finish ready. Then I start to think, yeah, hey, I don't know how's the impact on the students, you know. So I'm a bit worried so of course after the talk they came to thank me thank you for coming thank you for coming thank you for coming but no mention of uh, the the outcome of the talk was it okay for them you know i was thinking is it okay And suddenly i realized was oh, so many hallelujah and amen you know then uh, uh I, I i i just i just i just stopped for a while then i went back so no text came nothing came so i said finish ready this time you know <laughs> I think uh, they have to re, re-indoctrinate their their students or what and you uh, know so I, I do not know what happened uh, so I, of course I think I anyway I gave my best uh. this was my east window I shot through the east window I struck my arrow I gave it my best I uh, now it's all god last. but thank God after three days after three days the teacher actually um, uh, the teacher actually sent me this text uh, The teacher was in charge He said, good afternoon, Pastor Yo, I'm so sorry I haven't thanked you properly For coming to Sengkang Primary School To give the talk Mr. Devindra. Mr. Devindra is the head of department The one who told me uh, No preaching, uh, no preaching, uh, no preaching I uh, said, gave me feedback That it was a very impactful talk all right, so and he says once again thank you very very much for taking the time to come all the way here to educate the children on such an important issue. So I was very glad. I was very glad that my hallelujahs and what did make some impact in the lives of so many pre-believing students there. It did make an impact. It made impact on the teacher who told me not to make an impact with hallelujahs and amens. So uh, so this is just my story again. I'm sharing this, I'm not blowing my trumpet. I'm not here to blow my trumpet. I'm I'm just here to encourage you. To encourage you, if God asks you to shoot, to open that east window, open that east window even if it doesn't make sense to you. If God asks you to shoot the arrow through that east window and it doesn't make sense, you shoot that arrow through that east is window and if God asks you to strike the arrow and don't stop striking keep striking the arrow and then you will see greater victory for yourself okay amen from God's people you will indeed be moving forward you will experience greater things than you dare imagine or think about and uh, as I close I just want to close with this story about this pilot he was he was piloting a plane uh, and the weather was very stormy and he was going to land the plane and of course it was not easy and was in contact with the with the uh, control tower and the control tower were giving instructions what to do uh, uh what what speed to take what elevation to take and uh, the pilot was very very nervous so he keep asking keep asking the control tower are you sure are you sure this is what i should take are you sure are you sure are you sure i do this i nothing will happen to the plane we won't hit anything and all this and the control tower the lady got a bit upset and this is what she said to him he says you just obey instructions we will take care of the obstructions yeah. and let me tell you brothers and sisters it comes to god Coming to moving forward for the Lord, coming to 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 seeing uh, greater things in us and through our lives. You just obey God, and God will take care of the obstruction. You obey His instructions; He will take care of the obstructions. Can you amen from God's people? Amen. Will you stand with me? Will you stand with me? Will you stand with me? Even as we look to the Lord, right?